Buckle up, it's time for My Drive with Jeremiah Isley, the gaming podcast that's about more than just games. Presented by Theology of Games, visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode 11 of My Drive. I am your host, Jeremiah Isley. I'll be driving you home with me today, but don't worry, it's not some weird abduction thing, it's just a podcast. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, it is a beautiful sunny day here in Northeast Ohio, and uh, I got to go out and play some games last night, so that's always fun. So I thought I'd start today by talking about and discussing... I guess I'm not really discussing because I'm kind of talking to myself, but I thought I would start off today with a little bit about Zombie Tower 3D. So Zombie Tower 3D is a Japanese board game. It is currently on Kickstarter. So they're trying to make an English version of the Japanese version of the game. Um, So what I got to play last night was not actually a prototype version of the game. It was actually a finished retail version. Uh, But it has a lot of Japanese script on it. But it also has roughly, very roughly English translated text as well. Um, But the cool thing about this game is it is, well, there's the whole 3D part. So it's not just a flat two-dimensional board. It's an actual three-dimensional board. There's a a tower that uh, you build. It's like this building. Um, And it actually, it constructs two different ways. So you can play, uh, the stats on it are that it plays in about uh, 45 minutes. I think the box says 45 to 60 minutes. And that seems fairly accurate. It does not overstay its welcome in any way. Um, So it's three or four players and it's co-op, except there is like a final true winner if you manage to win, Uh, but you could all completely lose together as well. And then nobody wins. So take that. Uh, the but you build this building and there's two ways to build it so one is it's sort of like there's like triangular walls that come out and there's floorboards and all of the the walls and the floors have like room numbers on them so like when you're moving you move from one room to another uh, but it's very like it looks cool this game is like one of the coolest looking games i've played in a long time it it plays semi co-op so you go through a round instead of just like everybody taking turns which is kind of normal for some co-ops and you will uh you'll flip there's like an emergence phase where you'll flip over a card and it'll it'll say you'll the back of your emergence decks all have room numbers on them. And then when you flip it over, it reveals, okay, the top one is one zombie or two zombies. And then whatever the top card is of the emergent, the draw pile, it'll have a room number on it. And that's where that zombie goes. And then you flip another one. And then it's, you you pick the number of survivors on that card with the room number of the new top card. So it's this really cool sort of, 
uh, randomized mechanic of where the zombies will emerge and where you where your survivors are going to show up and from there uh, but it's cool because you know like okay well they've already come into this room they're not going to be here I'm safe to go in here uh, so once you do the emergence phase you have the everybody takes a turn where you can move you get three action points you can move you can search uh, you can use items and it's it's very cool you, there's there's decks for each floor that you can search so some there's two different ways to win where one is like if everybody has the vaccine and you get to room two and one player has a communication device and a battery then you win or if everybody has a vaccine and there's a, um, an equal number of flares to players in the game so there's three flares instead of <clears throat> instead of you know if there's three players there's three flares then you get to win if you're in room, I think it's 10 or whatever. So a couple different win conditions to be able to win. I could totally see it being like more scenarios coming up and you could like expand with some different item packs and things like that. So there's ways, different scenarios that you could win or you're trying to do different objectives or things like that. Uh, but anyway, after, after you move, then the zombies move and they either attack you or it's cool because the zombie tokens and the survivor tokens are double-sided. So if, if there's a survivor in a room, then he, flip, he or she flips to the other side if there's zombies in the room with them after they, after they move. So that's really cool kind of, kind of thing. You can also, you'll save survivors as you go into different rooms. And if there's zombies with you, you can release survivors into the room so they take damage and turn into zombies instead of you taking damage, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Like, oh, hey, come with me, I'll save you. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm kidding. You can just, here, go be eaten by a zombie. It's pretty awesome. So that is Zombie Tower. It's fun, it's very lightweight. I mean, I literally pretty much explained the entire game to you and those few minutes that I've been explaining it. Uh, the the components are very cool. The boards and the way the building builds puts together, they don't fit super snug, so it's not like super tight. Um, but it never felt like it was going to collapse or anything during the game. So it it could have been a little snugger the way all the joints kind of fit in together. But like I said, I never felt like we were in danger of toppling this thing. It was pretty pretty sturdy. Um, and like I said, it's fun. It's a very lightweight cooperative game. And there's, you're not really, you're not gonna get dead of winter out of this or, or something like that. But it's a, it's a fun light co-op game. And I've, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, <clears throat> and so did, I, I played a three player game last night and the guys that I was playing with, we all thought it was really cool. It was hard, we lost, we didn't win the game. So it's not something that you're gonna walk through by any means. Uh, the, the objectives are pretty pretty tough to get. And um, so it's it's cool, I would recommend it. It's on Kickstarter now, you can get, um, I think it was a $42 pledge gets you the base game, which might be like a bit of a savings on the, the retail version. And because of the amount of components, I can see that making sense. I mean, you're building this really cool tower out of the 
the game boards and stuff. So definitely worth checking out if you're into co-op games. Definitely a fun little addition to to what you might have, and and very unique too. You you I'm sure you don't have a board like this in your co-op collection. Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames using the hashtag TOGMyDrive. Now back to Jeremiah. Okay, so I wanted to talk real quick about... I got some feedback yesterday in the feedback loop about talking about collectible card games that are underrated. And it's going to kind of spin off into a different direction, but I felt like this is an interesting topic to bring up. And I want to, you know, I feel like Theology of Games, we sort of live in a bubble in a way where we kind of do our thing and this is how we approach reviewing games and doing game blogging or, you know, doing reviews and, and so forth. And I really wanted to see what the general consensus is out there. I know some people really appreciate the view we take on it and they, they vocalize that to us at some times, but other times we don't really hear much. So um, this conversation started because uh, I think his name was Lee and Sobel said, hey, talk about like UFS or the spoils. And I was like, oh, the spoils. I've played the spoils, and we actually got encountered, or we got encountered. We were encountered by the spoils. No. Uh, Ian Spiegel of Bloom wrote us and said, hey, we're sort of relaunching this game, and we want to send you guys a player pack, which it's a really cool, I mean, it was a very cool pack of, there's like, um, I dug out the email. It was like five 40-player or 40-card decks, some some random booster packs, uh, some deck boxes, things like that. And there's he said, "Hey, we want to send this to you. We'd love to get your review. Here's a rundown of the spoils." And I've actually played it, so I had a little bit of a heads up. But uh, they you know, have this self-proclaimed. They they admit that it has adult themes, adult concepts you know, very mature sort of content with some of the cards. The resources of the cards are, you know, the resources of the factions are things like rage and greed and obsession. So the the cards sort of play off of those things. And so Scott and I started texting each other and, and talking this over. And we said... Uh, well, I said, you know, hey, I've played this game before. I have a few cards, like I got them in, in the Nerd Room, which is another podcast episode. I'll speak about the legend of the Nerd Room sometime here soon. <clears throat> but I said, it, you know, it is. there are some racy things. Some of it's pretty tame and, and nothing big, but uh, we talked about it some, and... We wrote an email back to them and we said, hey, the game sounds great. I've got a little bit of experience with it. I think we mentioned that. Maybe I didn't mention that. Um, but anyway, we said, you know, it sounds like really cool. It's, we're glad that you're rebooting it, whatever. Um, but 
we feel we should let you know that because of where we come from, we're sort of predisposed to the content of the game. And we said we will definitely, definitely give the game a fair gameplay. We will talk objectively about the game mechanics, about how the game works, how it plays, etc., etc. But we will also have a sort of bent, I guess is a good word to use, towards the content. And we may not be able to give it our overall recommendation because of using greed as a resource and you know you're you're taking on obsession as a way to to gain power or you know whatever so we just wanted to let you know that and say hey um we don't want to drop a bomb on you essentially by saying hey yeah we'll play the game and then go boom and you know here it is and Ian wrote us back, and he was very um, appreciative. He said, hey, we really appreciate your candor and, and that you, you know, let us know this in advance. We don't think it's a good fit for your site in, this, in, in light of this conversation. You know, we don't think that this game is necessarily a good fit for the site. Uh, but we will keep you in, in mind for the future. And... Our response was great. We we totally understand, and uh, we left the door open. We said, anytime you want to contact us about any product, any game, uh, please, please let us know. We we we're not closing the door on you. We just wanted to let you know what our our sort of predisposition would be to this game and the content because of mainly because of the content, not just because of, hey we think it's going to be a bad game. So that's kind of the way we look at games, um, and we try to be somewhat upfront when folks contact us. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we don't even just we just don't even write people back. I mean, we it, we're bad at that. And if you've written us, I apologize if we never wrote, responded to you. But you know, I mean, sometimes people will write us and they're like, "Hey, there's this drinking game about getting drunk and having sex," and we're like. We think it would be we think it'd be awesome for your site. Uh, no, we're pretty sure that's just kind of you spamming every review site. And thanks, but no thanks. Um, so anyway, I I wanted to get some feedback from you guys about that. Um, do you? I, I mean, wh where do you come down on that? Like, do you avoid games because of content? Do you think we're goofy for doing that? Um, or is kind of everything wide open and, and if it's a good game, it's a good game and you roll with it. So I'd love to get some feedback about that from you guys. Um, and I would also love to still hear back about uh, what I brought up in episode 10, which is the possibility of a name change. Again, I don't know the logistics of that and how that would play out with iTunes and whatnot, uh, but I think... I'm really starting to like the idea of the of a new name for the podcast. So, you know, I'd like to hear some in, some input on that. And also the background music. Um, I, you know what, I, I like it. I really like it. And I think, um, I don't think it's a detriment to what's going on. 
So I'll tell you what, unless there's like a flood of emails saying, no, get rid of the background music. I think I'm just going to make the call and say I'm keeping it because it, to me, it makes the show a little more fun and a little more interesting than just me blabbing. Okay, real quick for the feedback loop. Uh, Not a lot today for the feedback loop, but I did receive just a really nice and well-written review over on iTunes. Um, I I saw it last night during while I was looking at the podcast app, uh, Pyre to something, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember. Sorry. But uh, if you go to the podcast page there, just a real well-written review, just kind of singing the praises of the show. And it just made me feel really good that... Um, somebody took the time to write some nice words about the efforts that I've been making here. So thank you so much for that. Please, if you if you also enjoy what you've been hearing, I like I said, I love the feedback. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And also I love the ratings and the reviews over on iTunes because those help me get found and make this even more possible. And with that, I'm home, safe and sound, and we can put another episode in the can, as they say in the business. So, thanks so much for coming along. I am Jeremiah Isley of Theology of Games. Please check us out at theologyofgames.com. And this has been my drive. We'll see you next time. Thanks for coming along on my drive. My Drive is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.